on episode five of the Burning Rooms podcast, we talked about staying steady in the face of boredom. We didn't want to overemphasize the difficulty of being in the prayer room or convey that it is always boring because it isn't. Like us, many of you listening still give yourself to the place of prayer. You love it. You see the value and you wouldn't give it up for anything. But can we be as bold as to say, can it be fun? Can we have a regular experience of joy, excitement, and infectious laughter, even in the midst of praying for a serious topic like the ending of abortion or even calling people to a sacred assembly at a Joel 2? What role does joy even have or having fun in the prayer room play? Are we treating the place of prayer as a holy place when we try to make it fun? This is the Burning Rooms Podcast. Welcome to the Burning Rooms Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we connect with the prayer movement in Canada and beyond, where we have the conversations, share the stories to strengthen your corporate and your personal prayer life. I'm Johan. I'm Jehu. I'm Brian. And I'm Jessica. So today we will be discussing the role, if any, that joy and fun have in the prayer room. I feel like this is a pretty big topic uh, in fact, it's almost discussing two different topics because like number one, we can talk about can prayer actually be fun? And number two, can being in the prayer room, expressing our personalities in the midst of corporate prayer, could we have fun doing that? So those are kind of the two overarching themes that we're going to be discussing. So first of all, let's ask the question, is prayer allowed to be fun? Does it feel flippant to even suggest such a thing? What does God think about having fun when we consider it to be holy ground in the place of prayer? I think that's a great question, Johan, because I think it makes us uh, look to the personality of God. Who is this God who's so holy, who's an all-consuming fire, who is more holy than we have eyes for, and yet is the God who becomes a man and eats breakfast with his friends on the beach, right? And so you're kind of asking the question, what I hear is like, is God fun? Because I think if God's fun, prayer is going to be fun. And so I think that's a really good question. It brings us back to the personality of God. And I think we can find a lot of scripture. I know we're going to dive into some later, but I would say yes. I would say he is a joyful God who is delighting over us, who's singing over us, who is fullness of holiness and righteousness in the midst of that. But I think when we agree with him, if we walk away sad, burdened, and down, I don't really think we've connected with his heart and the fullness, even even in sobering topics, because I don't think sobering topics make God sad. So my first response to that question is absolutely. In Hebrews 12, it's interesting because part of this gets uh, addressed. And one of the questions is this, is what is it actually like in the throne room? What what's the atmosphere like in the throne room? And we all have a picture, but I, I find this fascinating. Um, starting in verse 18 in the NIV, it says, You have not come to a mountain, to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not hear what or bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, 
I'm trembling with fear. But, and this is, this is the thing we need to grasp, he says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and you've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You've come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And there's this picture of a party in heaven, of these angels, these angels in joyful assembly. And I don't know what a joyful assembly looks like, but I know what it doesn't look like. And it doesn't look like a bunch of people sitting in a room frowning. And so mm. there is absolutely, I believe, a place for the holiness and the fear of the Lord. Absolutely. But but it's clear, like, what's going on in heaven is is surrounded by joy. I think we have a lot of prayer meetings where people look grouchy, though. In fact, like I can remember a time when I walked into the prayer room and I was grouchy. I don't know if, if I was just tired or if it's the kids, you know, getting them out the door like I talked about in another episode. <laughs> but I was, I decided to open up my Bible. We Psalm 45. And in the midst of it, it said, like it's talking about Jesus is a messianic song. And it says, therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And when I read this, Jesus said to me, okay, so if I live inside of you, you should be the happiest person that you know. I've anointed him with the oil of gladness beyond all his friends, beyond all his companions. If that's the one that's living inside of me, I should always be happy. I should be the happiest person I know beyond all my friends, all my companions. And the Lord really encountered my heart with that. I'm like, I'm not a happy person. Like, I need to be happier. What, like, what's, Keep telling you this. And then he told me to go, okay, go back a few Psalms. Go to Psalm 43. And I read that and said, let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of to God, my exceeding joy. And I will praise him with a leer. God is our exceeding joy. And he's like living inside of us. And we are grouchy. Like there's something wrong there. Uh, that just reminds me of the first time I actually met uh, Mike Bickle. I remember I was down on a trip with. Uh, oh, you, so you've met him multiple times? My goodness. Okay, <laughs> the first and the first and only podcast. time I met Mike Bickle, but I, I met him in person. Uh, it was back, I think, I don't know, t- two thousand six, around there, two thousand seven, and I remember we we were down on a family trip to IHOP and. Uh, I got about an hour of coffee time with him, and I remember I was just a young person at the time asking him questions, and and it was what was crazy, of course, was the humility that he would meet with some random person from Canada and and spend time having coffee and answering his questions. But what struck me most, more than any of the answers, because I don't really remember really what he said, but I remember that he just had these smile wrinkles, like every <laughs> he was smiling all the time, and like it was like up to his eyes, like his eyes had these weird smile wrinkles, and I just remember thinking like. I want to be like Mike. I want to grow old and have like smile wrinkles. I want to be the kind of person who smiles so much that it just, that's the shape that's left on your face. Yeah, forget Air Jordan, right? <laughs> it's pickle. Yeah, I love it. I, You know, thinking about that verse, um, Psalm 45, the oil of joy. And so often biblically, oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit. But I'm just I'm imagining like, what is that like that Jesus has the oil of gladness? Yeah. Like that that anointing of joy on his life and, and they would pour it over the person's head. Like, what does that look like to have that that anointing of joy? I, I just love the imagery of that. It, it's just powerful to me. Well, it's like when you read Revelation 4, what is the expression on his face? Like when you imagine Revelation 4, what do you think he looks like? Do you think he's sitting on his throne frowning with all these people worshiping him and 
the four living creatures around his throne and the 24 elders, do you think he's sitting there with a grouchy look on his face, very stoic, no emotion whatsoever? There is no way that he is stoic in that place. That's supposed to be the place of extreme joy and extreme pleasure. And I'm pretty sure he likes it there because that's the way he made it. (laughs) So he's probably smiling a lot. It it makes you think as well, like at least for me about, I want to be like Jesus. And if joy is one of the attributes of Jesus, I just think about the church. Do we look like Jesus in the way that we carry joy? Do people walk into our churches, into our prayer rooms thinking like, Man, these people look like Jesus. They've been anointed with the oil of joy. These are a, a, a joyful people right here. Interesting to think about. So what does it look like to have joy in the house of prayer or in the place of prayer? Do you walk into a prayer room and everybody has these big smile wrinkles, as Jehu said, or just giant smiles on the face? Because I know that can also be creepy to a, to a degree <laughs> to those from the outside coming in. It's like, okay, is this a cult? These people are way too happy. <laughs> What does it look like to be a joyful people? I think my ponderings on that is, is that the joy of the Lord is such a holy, beautiful thing because he knows the fullness of our lives. He sees the pain. He sees the trial. So it's not that, oh, I start communing with the Lord and the loss I just went through and the pain and the heartache. Oh, that just doesn't matter because he cares about that, right? So somehow he meets us in our brokenness. He sees and sympathizes with us there fully and gives us joy. Like that's what I think just is incomprehensible in my brain is that he doesn't replace it. He doesn't say that's not important. Don't think of the hard emotions. Like he's not pushing out the realness. They're not fake smiles on our faces because we have to put on that face before Jesus. This is genuine. So the fact that we live in this broken hard world where Every day isn't filled with a million things that will make us smile. Life is hard, but somehow in the midst that we can connect to God, who is the source of joy and live in joy, despite of circumstances, this is a holy thing. I think having joy in our life is having testimony of Jesus in our life, and it really shows the power of him at work within us. So are you saying that joy is a response to the person that lives inside of us? Absolutely. Yeah, I think because he lives inside of me, he gives me that purpose and that rooting for joy, no matter what I walk through in my day. So what role does the Holy Spirit have in making people joyful in the place of prayer? Yeah, I'd love to, to chime in on this one. Uh, man, I remember my first trip to IHOP down in Kansas City with a few friends of mine. And one of the things that was even a topic of conversation on the drive down was the way that sometimes in a house of prayer, we can be pretty solemn people. And there's not a lot of smiles on our faces and um, yeah, so we, we can kind of be that way. But in the middle of that week, um, November 11th, 2009, actually, there was a move of the spirit that began that ended up lasting for about 10 months. There are over 6,000 healings in, in the middle of that uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I was down there for about four months during that time. And one of the primary things that the Lord was releasing was joy. And in Isaiah 56, when the Lord says that he's going to fill us with joy in his house of prayer, this was supernatural Holy Spirit, joy. And there are testimonies of people's hearts getting set free. There are testimonies of um, the Lord just doing deep things on the inside, uh, inner healing, deliverance, just the the goodness and, and grace of the Lord. And I think even in, in the history of our house of prayer, we've had multiple moments and times where the Holy Spirit has just really come in power and he's released joy. And these moments of his presence where it's supernaturally empowered, joy being released have been things that have helped sustain us really as a community when it's been hard. Because it hasn't always been easy, but those moments of his joy and of his presence 
even like sometimes it's like even the faintest little touch of the Holy Spirit and that joy is so powerful in sustaining us. And I love that the Holy Spirit helps us because there's no way that any of us in a prayer movement could do this without his help. You're saying, you were saying that joy helped sustain you in the place of prayer. So would you say that's one of the roles that joy has? Like we are, we're asking the question, what role does joy have in the place of prayer? Is one of it to sustain us in the place of prayer? Yeah, definitely. I think without joy, uh, the the prayer meetings aren't sustainable. the 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 idea of praying for big things, the idea of of contending for for decades for something, it's just not sustainable. If you're not filled with joy, if you're not receiving from the Lord, because you're you're pouring out, you're giving, you're interceding for these things, and you need to be filled. You need to have something on the inside to keep you steady. And I think joy is a huge component of that. I think the Lord filling us with joy, filling us with uh, just his perspective. Oh, man. Yeah, we've been talking about just how Holy Spirit contributes to our prayer meetings, how being joyful and agreeing with that part of God's heart really does sustain us and just fill a prayer meeting um, with joyful people. And so we were sent in an audio clip from our friend Stephen, who is one of our friends and also a staff member at the House of Prayer in Edmonton. We're going to play it for you right now. It's just a personal testimony of his, of how Holy Spirit and his joy really has shown up in his life. Hey guys, my name's Stephen. I've been on staff with the House of Prayer here in Edmonton for about six years, five and a half, six years now. And uh, I just want to share with you guys um, something that happened with me to me about six months ago. And this is something that maybe happened. I've been a believer for about 10 years and this is maybe like the fourth or fifth time that something like this has happened in my life. So prior to this moment, um, I was in a season of just really dryness in the presence of God for about a solid 10 months to a year of just reading my Bible faithfully, um, faithfully having a life of prayer, um, faithfully being a staff member here at the House of Prayer, but just not really feeling um, the presence of Christ all that much. I mean, there are times, you know, every month, you know, I get a little um, little kiss here and there from the Lord. But um, so um, all of a sudden, like about six months ago, everything shifted in the course of two days. I don't even know what happened. I mean, it was just a sovereign thing where all like literally all of a sudden God's presence became so tangible and so real and more um, at times more real than any human being around me. And it just became a spontaneous thing where I all of a sudden began to spend every single bit of my free time in spending time with Jesus. And times like would go, it like he would come and it would just be like this, this awesome time. And the thing that was so powerful about it was it was, it was so, um, it was so real and it was so genuine. Um, there was no music involved. No, it was, I would walk into an empty room and within like, anywhere 10 to 20 minutes, God would show up and I would spend like five hours on a regular basis, like every other day and just talking with him and just having conversation with him and feeling total bliss on the inside. Like I remember talking with some friends at the, as I was going through the season and like words like addictive would be rolling off of my tongue. And it was like this almost every day for about two to three months and it was so potent. I mean, like times where um, 
like, oh, I should, I, I'll try and spend like four hours with God. And then all of a sudden I accidentally go to like 1 a.m. and spend like six hours with him. Not because, well, like I remember that one time I was like here, I was, I was at the church at the house of prayer. I was like, God, I got to be, I got to be home at like 11 o'clock because I got to get up super early. And I was here till like 1 a.m. It wasn't really pressing in at all. It was that God was so close to me. It felt like sin to leave because he was so enjoyable. Yeah, I wanted to say that because this is something that I I went through about six months ago and it was awesome. And so I just want to encourage you guys that this is something that is available to you. So my encouragement for you would be if you're in that season of dryness where I was to ask him for that and to pursue him for that kind of a season for him to pour out his joy and his delight over you. Because like my life verse is Psalm 1611. In your presence, there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The joyful presence and the pleasures of God is every Christian believer's inheritance. So thanks so much for standing in that story, Stephen. It's very encouraging. We just love it. If you're in the Edmonton area, I would encourage you to check out the House of Prayer in Edmonton. For more information, go to their website at hopedmonton.ca or check out the show notes. Uh, Stephen mentioned how his life verse was Psalm 16, in his presence is fullness of joy. Brian, before this episode, you had mentioned that that verse really resonated with you. Can you speak to that a bit? Yeah. In fact, I kind of have it right in front of me right now. And in the NIV version, which is something, it's very similar. There's kind of two slight different angles on this verse, but there it talks about even, he says, you will fill me with joy in your presence. And I just love that about God. Like he is a joyful God. And this promise that we would be filled with joy, like Christianity is not a sad religion. It's not a grumpy religion. I mean, like, hallelujah, our sins are forgiven. You know, we've been given new life in Christ. This is awesome. This is great news. Like, if anyone has a reason to have joy, oh my goodness, like all of my sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus. And so, man, we have reason for real, real, authentic, deep joy. And we also have reason to be happy. And sometimes even just plain silly, because our God's good. Our God's good. And he has good things in store for us. He wants us to encounter more of who he is. I mean, we got a reason to walk around with a smile on our face. And we love when the Holy Spirit comes into our prayer room quite often and will fall on one person in one area of the room. And then the person behind them will start laughing and it'll just spread throughout the room. And it's, it's, some of it is just because it's funny, like we're all laughing, but there's something about the Holy Spirit that I just see he loves that when, when his friends and his family are together laughing. It's like a dad or a grandfather being together with his kids and his grandkids and they're all laughing together. I just see the father's smile on his face when that happens. I, there's a place for that in the, in the place of prayer when, when his corporate family is together and they're just having a great time. Totally. The best family reunions aren't the one where everyone is sitting around solemn. It's the one where you're sitting around just enjoying each other and enjoying the beauty of family. And there's smiles on faces and there's laughter in the air. And that's what we are. That's what church is. That's what prayer meetings are. It's communion. It's fellowship. It's the enjoyment of God and him enjoying us. Okay. So we're talking about a lot about joy and the role it has in the prayer movement. Where do we balance that with the sobriety of our calling as the prayer movement, as a people that that are supposed to call the sacred assembly and call people to fasting and holiness 
and calling out for revival. Like where, where's the urgency piece in there? Like, or do the two go hand in hand? Do, do they go together? I'm just wondering, like, where's the sobriety in that? Where's the holiness? Where does that come in? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I believe our God is a God of emotion. I mean, he created emotions. He's an emotional God. You see that throughout, throughout Scripture. There's things that, that he loves. There's things that he hates. There's things that fill him with joy. There's things that he's grieved about. He's an emotional God, and he made us in his image. And so, really, there, there's a place to partner with emotions in all of these things. There are some things on the earth right now that the Lord sees, and he has so much joy in his heart above about them. He loves them. There's this passage in Zephaniah where, where it talks about the Lord dancing over the Israel, actually, with his love, and he's rejoicing over them with singing. It's such a beautiful promise, prophetic promise, and also a revelation of his heart. But then there's these other areas where he feels like really, really strongly about, and I, 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 and, I mean, he feels strongly about joy too, but, but areas where, where there's a lot more of a, a sobriety about him. And so I just want to partner with his heart. And I want to laugh at the things that make him laugh. And I want to I want to weep about the things that he weeps about. I want partnership with his heart. And so to me, that's where that fits in, because ultimately the prayer room is, is about us connecting with the heart of God. And, and even intercession is just simply agreeing with his heart in prayer. So I want to feel what he's feeling. I want to be that close to him that I know the things that are on his heart. I think it's reassuring just knowing that he is an emotional God. He is a person and that's what we connect with. When he's happy, we can be happy. And when he's sad, when he when he's grieving over something, we can grieve over those same things. He's an emotional God and we get to connect with a person and not just the idea of a God. Yeah, and, and I know that some people are probably hearing that and thinking, oh man, God's emotional like that. I mean, he gets like too happy. Or, no, like his emotions are perfect. It's just like his his mind, the way that he thinks is perfect. Our our intellect is broken, and sometimes there's this idea that our emotions are fallen, but our mind is trustworthy, and it's just not true. Our, our mind is fallen too, and so we don't think clearly and properly the way we should. We don't feel always properly the way we should, but God's emotions are always just and right and perfect and always appropriate to the situation. And so it's okay to say that he's an emotional God um, because he he manifests his emotions with perfection. Now, we mostly talked about our joy being a response to his character and who he is when his presence comes upon us. What about just plain fun? The community aspect of the thing, our personalities coming out and just being having fun as we gather corporately. Well, from a theological perspective, I think that the joy is really coming from two places. There's the response, which is, is totally valid. We're, we're thankful, we're happy, we're joyful because of what God has done for us. But I think there's another aspect where in, in the future, when there's no more pain, when there's no more crying, when all the tears have been wiped away, we're going to be still joyful. We're still going to have eons and eons with the Lord in joy, in his presence. And it, it, there will be a measure that's a response, but there's a measure where we're going back to how it should have been. If you think in the Garden of Eden, Adam was full of joy. I guarantee it. But he wasn't a joyful out of a response like, you've washed away my sins, Lord. It was just a joy of being with the one he loved, being with the Father. And there's that joy in that community of being with each other, being with the Lord, where it's not a response to something uh, that that maybe was bad and is now good. It's just like a loving relationship of being with people who you love. And that's just, it's just fun. It's just funny. It's just a great place to be. So how does fun apart from his presence hitting us with joy 
and laughter, how does that fit into the prayer room? Like just having fun because something is enjoyable as, as humans, as our personalities coming out. Like, do you have any stories that you can think of where, where that was something that happened in the prayer room where people were just having fun because they were in there hours and hours a day and this was what they're giving themselves to. So they're just trying to make it enjoyable, whether it's the presence of the Lord coming upon them or not. So I remember it was uh, quite a few years back now, but what happened was it was just one of those uh, Sundays. It was getting cold. I think it was probably winter time. And uh, a message went out on Facebook saying, hey, we're going to be wearing slippers at shop on Sunday. And it was kind of one of those like, really? Uh, but everybody uh, sort of, you know, found their slippers, <laughs> dug them out of who knows where, and everybody showed up uh, wearing slippers. I mean, there was a couple of people who maybe didn't get the memo, but almost everyone had slippers on. And so people were, you know, playing guitar. They had slippers on. They walked up to the mic wearing slippers like it was it was really funny and it just made the the prayer meeting so much more enjoyable because you're just like people had these weird patterns on their slippers. <laughs> they had like, you know, little like faces on them or like little dog slippers. It was just like a really ridiculous thing to do, but it just felt like that. W- that's what you would do in a community. That's what you do in a group of people who feel safe, who love each other, who want to love the Lord and, and take that burden off of where, oh, it's a, it's a cold prayer meeting in the middle of Winnipeg, in the middle of winter. You know, let's wear slippers. Let's just, let's do something to change it up and to have fun while we go pray. I could also think of an example. Every week this happens. Brian, our director, is also one of our drummers. Uh, so no matter how intense the set is, at some point in the set, you're going to get this little chime on the drums. They're electric drums, so he can add whatever sounds he wants. So at some point in the set, it's usually at the end of the set when it's really quiet, he'll just... And it puts a smile on everybody's face. Now we just expect it, and we're shocked when it doesn't happen. And once in a while, he'll throw in that sonic boom where it, the whole room just rumbles. <laughs> and that, again, puts smiles on our faces. It's just practical things. It's not the Holy Spirit causing him to do that, but it's just him bringing his personality and his joy to the prayer room. And we all love that. And it brings us together. I think about many of our briefings or, or debriefings after our sets um, where um, – Johan and myself and anytime I can find an accomplice anywhere, like we're just going to be goofballs and someone is trying to say something serious and we're just being dumb. But like, I I just think life is too short to not have fun. And when it comes to intercession, I get pretty serious. I mean, but at the same time when I play hockey, I'm pretty serious, but I'm having a blast. I'm not necessarily smiling the whole time, but I'm enjoying it. But, but I just, I just think like life is too short to not have fun fun and so it's just great to to joke around and keep things light uh, certainly in the prayer movement where we're spending hours together in prayer we have people in our house of prayer who haven't seen a super bowl probably in a decade because yeah. they're in a prayer room like every single sunday and so super bowl great cup they're missing all sorts of things but man we we have some pretty goofy times in a in the middle of what we do and it's sometimes it's just plain silly and whatever but it, it's just fun i mean i don't know where this fits in but i remember i wrote a song uh I forget what the title was. It might've been, I think it was called long for more or something like that. Uh, but you go through the verse and then the chorus, and it's like rain down your presence. We're longing for more. We're longing for more. So good. Yeah. Send down your spirit. We're thirsty for more. <laughs> and yeah. So it's like intense in that way. And I remember the first time that I led this song and then I got to the bridge 
and I shocked everybody with my bridge when the when the line in the bridge and is the way it's said in the song too is a little shocking because it's kind of abrupt. It's like it's your son or bust. We need more of you and less of us. Oh, how we long for Jesus! And the first time I sang that, there was like a shock and awe in the room. There's like. I didn't know what to do with it, if I should be embarrassed, if I should go hide behind the stage because I wrote this shocking lyric, apparently, it's your son or bus, but I remember writing it and I'm like, I have to put this because that's how I feel right now. I don't know if it's a corporate song or not, but yeah. And and we're all imagining in the prayer room, like this old West wagon where they're heading west and across it's you know instead of denver or bust or like los angeles or bust it's no it's your son or bust and so we're i think that's a picture most of us have in our heads at the time it's just kind of hilarious it's just like but no like it's true like you you hear it even as you sing it's like no it's true it's your son or bust like we want the fullness of who he is and yet it's it's just so fun at the same time because just the mental picture is just hilarious it's the lord bringing out the personalities that he's given us to have joy. It's not always a spirit causing us to be joyful, but it's the personality of Jesus that he's given us and created us with that we get to be joyful in the place of prayer. Well, even by singing those songs, Johan, you're really taking the performance mentality off it. And so this happens all the time because we're coming up with fresh choruses, because we're just doing so much improvisation in our prayer expression. People sometimes sing the wrong line. Uh, they'll sing the the wrong song, the wrong line. They'll mess something up. They won't they won't quite say it right. And no one's like, oh my goodness, I sang the wrong line. I'm so embarrassed. Everyone thinks I'm terrible. We all just smile and, and keep going. And it's got to be at least once a Sunday that somebody sings something wrong. Whether or not it's super hilarious, everybody just chuckles. And it's it's just one of those, there's, there's no uh, performance mindset. It's just, we're all here to worship the Lord and, and little mistakes happen. And that's not a big deal tripping over lyrics and tripping over chords on the stage. <laughs> and we're all just laughing, dropping water bottles with a loud thump and a boom in the prayer room. It just allows us to have fun and keep laughing and say, you know what, let's just keep going. This is fun. We love each other no matter what mistakes we make. And I think that personality piece is very important in playing a role in sustaining your people and, and keeping them in the prayer room because they just... They like that atmosphere, that light atmosphere that the Lord creates when his presence is living amongst a happy people because he's a happy God. So we're coming to a close in this episode, but before then, it is time for... Jessica's tips to stay engaged in prayer. Hey guys, well for today's prayer tip, I'm actually not the one giving it. We were sent in an audio clip from our friend in Quebec. His name is Eric, and he's going to share some tips with us on how to make prayer meetings more enjoyable. Hi, my name is Eric, and I'd like to talk to you about enjoyable corporate prayer. So of course, it's easy to have a boring prayer meeting. I think everyone agrees on that. But how do we have an enjoyable corporate prayer meeting that is sustainable long term? I think we can simply focus on a few points. Here are those points that I'd like to share with you. I've noticed that they are super helpful and I've experienced them per the past. I've done up to four hours in a row of enjoyable prayer and it felt like it was just 30 minutes or an hour of what I used to do in the past. So first of all, when we do a corporate prayer, how do we keep it enjoyable if we start choosing a topic or a theme. We need to know what we're doing so we can all do it together. 
Another point is keeping it short. Some people think because they can pray, because it's spiritual, they can do as long as they want. And that's really annoying. Want to be short because they're like, oh, I'd like you to pray way more rather than boring them. The third point is having Bible-based prayers. When we pray the Bible, actually the whole body, the whole group is being edified because they are hearing the Bible promises. So even if the topic is not super interesting for them, because they're hearing the word of God being proclaimed, then they can totally be part of it. Then we want to have positive and uplifting prayers. We don't want to be upfront praying with all the problems and all the challenges and all the things that are going wrong because we become what we behold. So it's very important that when we pray in a corporate setting, that we proclaim the solutions, what is positive, the restoration. Like we won't start praying against abortion or the evil people who kill babies. We'll just proclaim life. And we will always do it through the ecclesia because the body of Christ, the church, is the problem and is the solution. So when we pray for the ending of abortion, we will pray for the church to be hosting those orphans. We will be praying for families, household, to greet these women who are in a hard situation. Then we want to do it with energy and with a lot of dynamism and with life. Then we want to do it in a pursuit of unity. That's why we use the Bible, because we can all agree on the Bible. So that's one way of having an enjoyable corporate prayer meeting. Because again, as I said in the beginning, it's really easy to have a boring prayer meeting, but it's way more hard to have an enjoyable one. But it's totally possible. Yes, if we bring in music, if we're focused, if we make sure to have short prayers based on the Bible, positive, solution-oriented, full of energy, and with the Ecclesia being the solution to all the problems through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Wow, thanks for those great tips, Eric. Eric is actually moving to KC to give more time with an organization called 111 Global. It's an organization whose mission is to train and send laborers in to build missional communities of worship and prayer all across the world. So we love what they're doing. For more information on that, you can visit their website at 111global.org. It's also in the show notes. So after talking about joy the whole time, I just thought like, man, why don't we pray for you guys? And so wherever you are, you know, if you're in your vehicle, don't close your eyes, but um, just posture your heart to receive. And we just want to ask the Lord even for some more of his joy right now. Father, we thank you that in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And I ask, Lord, for every listener that you would release the oil of gladness. God, I ask that you would strengthen our hearts with joy, strengthen our hearts with a revelation of your kindness, your mercy, your love, and your goodness. Lord, I ask that you would fill us to overflowing with your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. The strength you have in life, including the place of prayer, is directly related to the amount of joy God gives you. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The Lord longs to make you joyful in the place of prayer, in the prayer room, to step into bliss and have fun. Those that join themselves to the Lord and give themselves to ministering to him, he says in Isaiah 56, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. This concludes our episode of the Burning Rooms podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, we want to hear from you. Go visit our website, burningrooms.ca, and find all the links and ways to get a hold of us on our social media and our email addresses. Until next time, I'm Johan. I'm Jehu. I'm Brian. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Burning Burning Rooms Podcast. Let's just try that again. (laughs) I think it's better if it's not perfect. (laughs) Until next time. Well, even after next time, you'll still be Johan. (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) Okay. We'll see you in a few weeks. <laughs> few weeks. <laughs> Until next time, and you better tune in next time. I'm Johan. <laughs> I'm Jehu. I'm Brian. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Burning, Burning Rooms Podcast. Podcast.